Ouija boards. There's something that we've covered multiple times on this channel over the year. Are they real? Are they simply just toys? Or is it all something much more out of our understanding? Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true Ouija board stories sent in by viewers just like you. Per usual, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's a Ouija board story or something else you think would be scary, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or on the reddit at r slash thedarkswamp. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Now, let's get into these creepy and downright strange Ouija board stories that'll freak you out tonight. Also, before we jump into these stories, I am running a Christmas giveaway right now. I'm giving away a brand new Nintendo Switch bundle, which comes with the Nintendo Switch, all the cool accessories, plus Mario Kart 8 and 3 months free membership of Nintendo Online. All information and how to enter is going to be in the link in the top of the description. Happy Holidays everybody, and let's get into these spooky stories. My Ouija Mistake by Louis M. At about the age of 10, my friends recommended having a Ouija board session during a sleepover, as one does at that age, but the results were actually quite disturbing, at least for me. I need to touch base with them and find out what their experience was. The actual Ouija session was pretty anticlimactic, but as the story goes in hindsight, we may have opened a gateway. I'll tell the portions that scared me silly and brought a feeling of terror to my soul. One day I was sitting on the couch watching TV alone while my dad was out, guarded by my best friend, Mia, a 60 kilogram Rottweiler that I still miss to this day. He was my best friend. Dad even paid $2,000 in the 90s to fix his right side with steel pins after a car hit him. I'm getting off track. But while I was sitting there, the door in the central part of the 150 to 200 year old house swung open by itself. No big deal, right? Except this door needed the weight of somebody very strong knocking into it to open it properly, due to it being so old and rusted over time. I got up and closed the door again, shoving it accordingly. It swung open again, which piqued my curiosity somewhat. Given the nature of the door, I got back up, did the door thing again, and decided to lock it, which involved utilizing two separate locks, one slide bolt, and a different one that was a little bit smaller on the bottom that we installed years later. I walked out of the other set of doors which had remained closed the entire time. I approached them. The room had two doors, one left and one right. These doors open into the front part of the house. I walked down the hallway towards the back of the house and then kept watching TV and then the door swung open again. I was petrified at this point. The dog was howling, so I left the damn doors alone. I also began having dreams of red orbs and mysterious presences. At least, I think they were dreams. Because at the same time, they felt so terrifyingly real. One of the scariest parts of everything that happened after this Ouija board experience was this entity that I guess most people would call a ghost runner. It's not a silly 80s ripoff movie if that's what you think of. But honestly, I would see this figure and it would always be running away from me into the darkness almost like it wanted me to chase it. I never did. I just knew that if I did, it would end up very bad for me. Ouija boards are not a game by Trinity 
are. Hi, Swamp Dweller and listeners. If my story makes it to your page, I would be very grateful. I'm not exactly sure where to start. I think the main encounters I want to discuss are the Night Terrors. I apologize if anything is rambled or jumbled. I'm not sure if I have an attachment from messing with Ouija boards so much or something else. It's been happening for about four or five years at this point. When I get severe night episodes that feel like something physically heavy is holding me down, as accurate as a physical person, as real as you and I, I'll be in what feels like a wholly awake and conscious state when this occurs. And in most of these episodes, it feels like someone is crawling or lying on top of me. Sometimes they've done worse. Once I had one where I woke up, for brief context, we had a bad mouse infestation at the place we lived at the time. I felt like something was licking the back of my shoulder. I was sleeping on my side with my back facing the empty side of my bed. I brushed it back like a mouse to shoo it away. When I moved back my shoulder, I felt physical facial features, a head, and a vast, fat giant body laying against me. It was terrifying. They're usually terrifying. I'm not and have never been a religious person, but the one thing that seems to prevent them or keep them away is praying to Jesus before bed and until I fall asleep. That part weirds me out. I guess I'm writing this to you now to see if anyone has ever had a similar experience. I don't know how to determine what to call these episodes. Everything I read about night terrors says people never remember them in detail for more than a day afterward. And it doesn't really match sleep paralysis because I can usually move, scream, and pray when they happen. As I mentioned above, it feels like I'm entirely conscious. Most of the time my eyes are closed but everything else feels awake. I'm staring at the back of my eyelids when these episodes occur. Usually when I'm trying to go to bed or early in the morning between 3 or 4 a.m. This is my first time talking to anyone other than my therapist about these episodes. I used to be very into the paranormal. I had all kinds of experiences. I used to use Ouija boards as a kid and a young teenager, and this was almost a daily occurrence sometimes. I'm not sure if that really has any correlation. I just thought that the Ouija board may have brought on something that attached itself to me. This could all be something else. I'd love to know in the comments. I played with a Ouija board by Clueless Clamp. So, I was living in Virginia with my parents and two step-siblings. We had recently moved into a newly built townhouse development. Our townhouse had three floors in total. The upstairs area is where the bedrooms were located. The living room and the kitchen were on the main floor, and the basement was my sister's bedroom. At the time, I was becoming increasingly more interested in the paranormal. I would watch all sorts of ghost shows on television. Eventually, I learned about what a Ouija board was. I wanted one so bad, but I knew I wouldn't have the means to buy a real one myself, and I knew my parents would disapprove, so I opted to make my own. I created a template out of a piece of cardboard, carefully replicating what a real one would look like. For the planchette, I used a square-shaped plastic lid that was about the perfect size. I heard it was not safe to use it by myself, and I didn't have any friends in the area then, so I asked my sister if she would try it with me. She was initially reluctant, but after some convincing, but after some convincing, she was game. 
Our uncle had recently passed away a few months prior, so we decided to try and contact him. We set the board up in the basement, which was her bedroom, with a picture of her uncle next to us. We both lightly put our fingers on the makeshift planchette, and I began to ask questions like, Uncle, redacted, are you here with us tonight? To both of our surprise, it took a little while to get a response. The planchette moved to yes with force. At first I assumed that my sister was messing with me, but soon I would be proved wrong because she started crying very hard. After a few more questions with responses, my sister informed me that she wanted to stop. I don't remember what else we asked because it was so long ago, but I do remember that the planchette would move with haste after every question we asked. We ended up informing her quote-unquote uncle that we were leaving and moving the piece to goodbye. Afterward, it took some time for my sister to calm down, and I was pretty blown away by the experience. Strange things started happening to me almost immediately after. After we had finished using the board, we both went upstairs to calm down and watch television together. At least 30 minutes later, I began to hear a banging noise coming from the basement. I went downstairs to investigate and found that the planchette had moved from goodbye to no, and a picture on the wall had fallen. This disturbed me, so afterward I opted to tear up the board and throw it away altogether. After I did this, I assumed that would be the end of it, and for my sister, it was. But for myself, I didn't know that this was just the beginning of months of pure terror for myself. Whatever this thing was was attached to me and my sister didn't have any odd occurrences afterward. Meanwhile, I started noticing strange things happening. It started small at first. I saw our family dogs would suddenly refuse to come into my bedroom. I would pick him up and take him into my room and he would just try to scratch and leave the room the entire time like he was terrified and would always act just overall strange in here. His ears would stick straight up, his eyes would fixate on a particular corner of my room and he would whine and bark and occasionally his head would dart around like he was watching something moving around at an erratic speed. Then I was sitting in my room another day all by myself. I was watching TV and laughing at the show I was watching. My school binders were seated at the foot of my bed and I was sitting at the head of my bed a reasonable distance away. One of my binders suddenly slides across my bed hitting me in the arm. This freaked me out and I informed my parents but they told me I must have been imagining things. Weird things like this kept happening, but eventually they would escalate to be a bit more brutal and forceful. I continued to experience things like this and they became more and more frequent. I talked to my sister and she told me nothing odd was happening to her. I was a mess at the time. I did not want to go home and would often try to go to a friend's house after school instead, which most of the time didn't work out. I talked to my parents again and they thought I was making it up for attention. After a couple of weeks of going through it, I had the most terrifying night of my life. This event in particular still sends shivers down my spine when I think of it. It truly traumatized me, and although I've worked past it and talked about it in therapy, I still try not to think about it for the most part. I've only told a few people about this because it sounds like a lie. This night was the climax of my experiences if you will. After this happened, the activity completely stopped altogether. One night, I was lying in my bed. It was 2 or 3 in the morning. I couldn't fall asleep for whatever reason, so I was lying there. My whole family was likely asleep at the time and the house was completely dark and silent. 
I slept with my door open at the time, and the only light source was a blue light emanating from the radio in my room. It was just bright enough to illuminate my room enough to see where I would be walking in the dark. I had my blanket over my head, covering half of my face, but I could still see my room from waist height down to the floor. To my horror, as I lay there with my eyes open, a black figure entered my field of vision near the foot of my bed. It was right next to my bed. There was no color on whatever this thing was. It was pure pitch black with no apparent features. I was paralyzed with fear. I couldn't scream or move. I just lay there watching this thing slowly move down my bed until it stopped right in front of my face. I then felt the hand placed on my head through the blanket over me. The hand rested there for a second and then began moving in a circular motion for a few seconds. Eventually the hand lifted and I watched the figure slowly move away and out of my room. This is the last thing that ever happened. After that, it stopped as fast as it started. This whole ordeal had a significant impact on my life. This is the first time I'm sharing this story online or on a podcast. I haven't tried until now because I did not want to type it out or relive it. But now, I am more curious as to what the hell happened and what that thing was. I think I should also add that aside from the anxiety and depression issues, I am mentally sound. I have never experienced hallucinations or delusions, and I know what happened to me was real. I am sharing this with the Swamp Dweller show, not only to share my story, but also gain insight from others. What do you think this could have been? Could it have been a demon or some other entity? Has anyone ever heard of this or had any similar experiences? Dear Swamp Dweller, I've been listening to your stories for a while. I finally got the courage to share my own. Mind you, the story at the beginning will be a bit hazy, as it happened to me when I was five. But as my story goes on, because it continued until I was 22, it will become much clearer. When I was growing up, I lived in a small town in Ohio. To protect my family and friends, their names will be changed. Now, I have an older sister who I will call Lucy. We live in a small trailer outside of a small town literally in the middle of nowhere. It would take us 20 minutes to get to any major stores. One night, my sister Lucy was inviting her friend who I will call Jesse over to spend the night and have a sleepover. At the time, me and my sister had shared a room. Jesse was one of my sister's odd friends. She was gothic and into creepy stuff. Not to say there's anything wrong with that, but I was just kind of off put by it at the time. So, she had brought over a Ouija board. Me being five years old, not understanding the significance of it, I thought it was just some kind of board game. Well, later that night, I want to say sometime around midnight, my sister Lucy and her friend Jesse pulled out the Ouija board and told me to go to bed. After putting a ring of salt around my bed and around them saying it would protect us, well, being a little kid, I wanted to see what the big kids were doing. They turned off all the lights and lit a couple of candles. Both sat cross-legged on the floor with their hands on the indicator. Now, I'm not really sure what it's called. Then, they started asking questions. Within a few minutes, they started receiving answers. Both did the normal reaction, which was, did you move it? And they kept blaming each other. After a few minutes, they realized that neither one of them were doing it, and there was an outside force moving it. At one point, Whatever was doing it asked them to both lay on the floor. I remember this very clearly. Maybe about five to ten seconds after they laid on the floor, 
I saw a red orb and white orb enter the room. I was so confused, and I had no idea what was going on. Then, as I watched from my bed, I saw the red orb enter my sister, and the white orb enter Jessie. For a few moments, nothing happened. Neither one of them moved. Then it was like all hell broke loose. Dark shadow figures swarmed over me in my bed. I started to scream. My mother heard all the commotion, and when she came in, I was being lifted off the bed by my hair. My sister and her friend were stuck to the floor and could not move. My mother started chanting something. I couldn't for the life of me tell you what it was that she said. But whatever it was, it worked. I felt my bed and my sister and her friend both sat at the same time. My mother looked at them and then looked at me. She saw the Ouija board on the floor and asked my sister and her friend what they had done. When neither one of them would answer, she asked me, I told her what I saw and what had happened. My mother was angry at my sister and her friend. She took the Ouija board away and went outside to burn it. As I would later learn, that is not the thing to do. For ten years after that, nothing happened. My parents had bought a double-wide trailer and put in a basement foundation to make it look like a real home. When building all of this, we had a lot of problems. The biggest problem that I could remember when we were doing the basement foundation in the back wall of the foundation, it fell in. We chalked it up to nothing but natural occurrences, but it kept happening, and it was a pain in the butt to get it to stay up. I don't even remember what they ended up doing to make sure it didn't happen again. The year I turned 15, my mother had gone to an antique store and bought an antique mirror. She hung it above a 55-gallon aquarium. One day, me, my sister, and my mother were sitting in the dining room. We are all talking about mundane things about our lives. All of a sudden, we heard something running through the house and then a child's laughter, and then my bedroom door slam. Me and my mother and my sister both looked at each other in shock and horror. We had no idea what had just happened. Things continued to get worse from there. There was one morning during the summer I had woken up late from staying up all night. My mother had been working a 70-hour work week and had the day off so she was sleeping in too. When I walked out into the kitchen, I screamed because all the cabinet doors were open and all the dishes were stacked on the counters. It was insane, because there were like canned vegetables on top of them, balanced in ways that were just not natural. This was stacked in a way that would be extremely odd for any human being to do. When my mother heard the scream, she came out of her bedroom and saw what had happened. She had started to put the pieces together, so, she did her best to seek help. She talked to my father about it. My father was a skeptic, and he had never really, you know, witnessed any of these events, so I don't really think he believed in any such thing. This ends up in an argument between the two of them. Eventually, my mother just waited until he was away for work to go to a Wicca priestess to ask for help. The priestess gave her things to bless the house with. She sent me away to one of my friends, and called my sister over, who had moved out a while back, for some help. I do not know the events that occurred that night. I do not know what really went down, but for at least a year, things were okay after that. Until one night, I was in the living room. The way our living room was set up was that she had one large couch, which was set up against the window, next to an end table. On the other end was another end table and a love seat. 
so it was shaped like an L, with the coffee table in the middle. Next to the other end table, at the end of the large couch, was the TV stand. We also had a fireplace in the living room, which was across from the large couch directly opposite. It was a weekend, and I was working on a project for school. My parents were out grocery shopping, so I sat at the coffee table on the floor, working on my project, while watching TV with my back to the fireplace. I got the strange feeling like something was watching me. I started looking around, and then I looked at the fireplace. I noticed movement in the fireplace. As I kept on looking at the fireplace intently, I noticed a face. Whatever this thing was, had scraggly hair with cat-like eyes that were green in the most demonic smile I could ever imagine. It had what looked like alligator teeth. I was so entranced by it. I kept on staring at it, and then I decided to draw it. It moved its head back and forth, and finally, it said something to me. It said, I've been with you many years, and I will never leave. Even when you think I'm gone, I'll still be there. At this point, being scared out of my mind, I ran to grab my house phone and called my mother and told her she needed to get home now. When her and my father got home, they asked me what I was doing in their bedroom. They could see me from the window while they were driving up the driveway. I told them I hadn't even left the living room. I was too scared to move. My parents did not believe me because my mother got upset and told me I shouldn't be telling stories. Two weeks after this event was when things really got bad. My father was away on work again. Me and my mother were sitting in the living room watching TV together. As we were watching TV, we started hearing bangs on our front door. My mother went to check on what it was, and there was no one there. She sat back down and started watching TV with me again. Then we heard footsteps running across the house from my bedroom to their bedroom, and the door slamming. The laughter of a child followed it again. Me and my mother both looked shocked to each other. The cabinet doors in the kitchen all started opening and closing and banging hard like somebody was angry. The mirror above the fish tank started vibrating and banging off the wall. At this moment, me and my mother both stood up and ran for her bedroom. She went to her side table and pulled out sage candles and the Bible. She lit the candles and the sage and started repeating a verse from the Bible. I started to become angry and felt sick all of a sudden. After about 20 minutes of her just repeating the verses, everything stopped. She asked me if I was okay, to which I replied I did not feel very well. She put her hand on my forehead and realized I was burning up. A few hours later, after we cleaned up everything, I felt fine. The fever was gone. Many years later, I had entered a bad relationship. When I was around 22, me and my ex decided to go on a night drive. It had been raining for quite a few days and we wanted to get out of the house. We were coming down a steep hill and all of a sudden, something was before us. When I say something, I knew exactly what it was. It was the same scraggly figure I had seen in my fireplace all those years ago. But this time it had a body, and it was about six foot tall, and it had long claws for hands. My ex slammed on the brakes to try to avoid it, and we swerved past it. It reached out towards the car, trying to scratch out at us. Our tires blew out, and he started swerving uncontrollably down a hill with a curved bottom with an embankment. We went over the embankment, and we landed on a bush allowing us to land softly, luckily. My ex had hit his head on the window on the driver's side. I had been wearing my seatbelt and was not injured too bad. He was unconscious for roughly five minutes. Well, I was trying to get out of the car to get help. We landed on the opposite side, 
so the only way out of the car was through my door on the passenger side. When he finally came to, he helps me open the passenger door and climb out. Mind you, in this moment we were both in shock. He decided he was going to walk back to his house and pull the car out with his truck. He told me to stay there and wait. As I did, the figure appeared again, this time within 10 feet of me. It spoke without moving its mouth with that same demonic smile. I believe it was trying to say something to me, but I couldn't decipher it this time. My ex started coming down the hill with his truck. When the light hit the figure, it disappeared. I didn't tell him what happened. I was too scared and I thought I was still in shock. A few months later, me and him broke up. I have not seen him since, although I have heard about him. And things in his life have gone bad. I don't know if it was the creature's doing or if it was just karma. I do know when I speak about these events that they send chills down my spine. I have not seen the figure since that day. I pray that I never will again. I don't know if it came from the Ouija board or not, but I refuse to have one in my home or around me. Sorry this was long-winded, but this really did happen. I hope you decide to share this on your show. I love listening to your stories and hope you continue with it. This happened a long time ago, but I just came across this channel and I thought maybe you would enjoy this story. So I was in middle school at the time. It was the summer between my 7th and 8th grade year. I was about 13 years old at the time. A group of friends and I were all at my girlfriend's house. She lived in a small duplex. We were young and somewhat obsessed, but also very skeptical of spooky stuff. One of us out of the blue suggested, Hey, let's make a Ouija board and try to talk to spirits. I think you can tell where this is going. So, we got out a paper and made a Ouija board and used a shot glass as the planchette. It was all fun and games at first. We all put our fingers on the shot glass and played for a while, but eventually lost most of the group because they got bored of it. We all sat down around after talking for a bit. Two of the girls went upstairs to go to our friend's bedroom to do whatever nonsense, and I got the bright idea to play on the board by myself. I know what you're all thinking. Bad plan. Everyone knows that's a bad plan. But hey, I was 13 and I didn't really believe in any of it. Anyways, I did the thing, and right as I'm about to say goodbye, my two friends run back down to the room that we are all sitting in. One of them lifts their shirt to reveal scratches on their ribs as if someone had dug their nails in and just scratched them up real bad. She looked down at me and screamed at me to say goodbye. I did, of course, and nothing happened after that. Everything was fine and we all just had a good time. But to this day, I don't know if something paranormal was going on or if it was a weird coincidence. Either way, the girl that got scratched has still brought it up to me every time that I've seen them. When I was 17 years old, my friend George was attacked by something supernatural right in front of me. My friends and I have been very intrigued by Ouija boards towards the end of high school. We spent several nights over a few months, cramming together and hovering over a planchette. We had a variety of experiences using the Ouija board, most of which you could describe as mildly supernatural or just plain old coincidence. One of the places we would frequent was the garage in George's family home. Like most garages, it was dark, damp, and cluttered. George was intrigued by the Ouija board as we all were. That is, until it started to target George. Over the course of different sittings, we would ask it all kinds of questions like who it was, 
what it wanted, how many fingers are behind my back, stuff like that. We still weren't convinced it was legit. We had the spirit tell us who they were, and when prompted for what they wanted, they replied, kill George. George was justifiably spooked, but to save face, he persevered. A sitting following that, we had asked the same questions, and the conversation developed. A now different spirit had changed its mind and decided it was the previous spirit and it still wanted to kill George. This paired with several events that George had experienced himself in the night that followed had driven George away from our little seances. We, however, were still more than happy to tinker around and were not satisfied yet. On the last night we played with the Ouija board, we set up in George's garage as we usually did. He still let us use his garage, and in his presence, he just did not want to participate. That night, it was just two girls and me. We turned out the lights and set up the board. We even lit a candle or two for good effect. George and one girl sat across from the other girl and myself. We were all in coats because it was winter and the garage was poorly insulated. The three of us, with our hands on the planchette, had barely even begun when George's coat arm caught on fire. I remember watching him fling his arm around as he tried to smother the flame. I immediately jumped up and turned on the lights. It didn't take long for George to put out the flame. We quickly piled out of the garage into his basement, and after a few moments of panic and confusion, we divert our attention towards George. He took his coat off and swore his arm was fine. There wasn't a single mark on his skin. Then we diverted our attention to the newly charred coat arm. The burn was about the radius of a fist, and it burned deeply through the layers, just shy of the inner layer of cloth. The most startling part was, undeniably, the shape of a goat's hoof. We hid the coat for several days. Once we gained the courage, George and I pulled it back out to debunk our little experience. Unfortunately, it was not what we thought it would be. After all, there were open flames in the room, and we had a cigarette in his hand. We applied a cigarette directly to the opposite coat arm, several times. We took a lighter to it in an attempt to simulate the same kind of flame. No matter what we tried, we could not come close to recreating the hoof-like burn. Over time, I thought that maybe George had decided to stage the whole thing to deter us from the Ouija board. He certainly had motive. That was 10 years ago. George and I are still great friends. Occasionally, I get confident that I can get him to fess up and I press him on the subject. It's been 10 years, and he still has the same response, that he loved that coat and he was just as surprised and terrified as we were. Personally, I don't believe he staged it. I believe that we experienced something authentic, and my perspective on life has never been the same since. My friends and I were in high school when we came across a Ouija board at Toys R Us. We decided we wanted to try it out and see if it really worked. There were three of us in my basement with the board on the floor, and we began asking the usual questions you might see in any horror movie or paranormal TV show. We started off with the usual, hello, and waited for the board to start working. The planchette slowly began to move, and I accused one of my friends of pushing it. My friends both let go, and I felt the planchette moving on its own with my own hands. I don't really know how to describe the sensation but it was almost as if a magnet was dragging it across underneath the board. How many people were in the room with us? We asked. Four, the board answered, even though there were only three of us in the room. We then continued to ask, Are you alive? And the planchette slowly dragged itself to know. Are you nice? My friend Jess asked, and the planchette returned to the middle of the board, and then quickly and forcefully moved back, 
to know. I remember at this point, the air felt much heavier, and my heart began to beat faster. I was starting to feel that flight or fight response. What is your name? My friend Sarah asked in a deep and serious tone. The pointer moved its way over to one letter, and then another, and then another, beginning to spell out the name of a demon that I recognized. As it was in the middle of spelling its name out, I gasped and said the name out loud. As I did this, the planchette stopped dead in its tracks, and a long, black millipede crawled out from under my bed and ran over to the board and exited the room underneath the door. My friend screamed, and we quickly got up and put the board back in its box. We didn't quite know what to do with the board, because we heard there is no good way to dispose of it, and burning it could make it worse. So we stored it in the back of my garage, which at the time was a separate building from my house. That night we didn't think much else of what had happened, however we were still quite freaked out. I remember sleeping with my grandmother's rosary beach by my bed for quite a few nights after that. I am far from religious, it's really funny how stuff like that works. The next day when I woke up my mom called me outside in a panic. There was a decapitated baby rabbit left merely inches from the front porch steps. Its head was left to the side of its body. I can tell you this, that it's the first time anything like this has ever happened to us. At the time, I lived close to a city, so wild animals usually never really hung around. The following week, I remember getting ill to the point to where I had a high temperature and couldn't get out of bed for days. The illness slowly got better, but it lasted for weeks. My friends, however, were fine. It only seemed to be affecting me. From then on, not much else had happened. However, whenever my dog went downstairs, they would start shaking and running back and forth. If I had any guests stay in the basement, they always reported getting creeped out, especially by the dark hallway in the back, and almost everyone reported having nightmares each time they stayed in the basement. Any small animals, such as fish, hermit crabs, and hamsters who lived in the basement met an untimely death. We eventually decided it was best not to raise anything down there anymore. The strange part about this is that that never happened until this point. In fact, because it was a nice, finished basement with a good amount of sunlight and ventilation, we had animals living down there for over 10 years without a problem. Our family had guinea pigs, rabbits, and frogs that lived healthy lives down there when I was a small child. One time, my little sister slept in the basement, and she said that she had a horrible nightmare. When she woke up, the closet door opened and there was an old woman sitting there, staring at her, pointing a long, gnarly finger directly at her. Although she didn't say anything, apparently her expression showed a lot of intense emotion. Thinking about what had happened still freaks out my entire family to this very day. Now that I think back at it, I remember that we had these old walkie-talkies from the late 80s or early 90s, and one day we turned it on in the basement and there was an angry male voice swearing and screaming for a long time. The screaming wasn't really directed at anyone. It was just meaningless, vulgar phrases. Maybe the radio was just picking up on a random person's call. However, it went on for so long that I couldn't imagine someone just sitting there swearing all day. It's been about 10 years now, and I no longer live in that house. Since then, I've had no contact with the new owners of the house, and I do not know whether this stuff still goes on. So, these could have all been coincidences or isolated events but I think so much happened in a short amount of time that I can't really write it off as such. My girlfriend, now wife, started college back in 2001. She dormed with her sister for a year. Her two best friends also ended up going to the same college, so we would hang out a lot after her classes were over. 
Me having been kicked out of school for terrible grades, would spend all my free time up there when I was not working. Her dorm building had a commons area on the second floor and third floor, and each area had various board games. Her floor just so happened to have a Ouija board as well. We, showing all the grace and intelligence of 18 and 19 year olds, decided to break it out and use it. I was actually excited as I had never used one before, but my girlfriend apparently had. Now before the fun part, it's worth pointing out that this was a Catholic college and her dorm building was also serving as a Catholic high school. Nuns still live on site and there's also a small cemetery next to the dorm where a few nuns were laid to rest. I don't know, and I don't really remember, who started asking questions, but we eventually got a response from someone claiming to be a nun. I'm not sure if this was actually a nun or not. Maybe it was a demon. I can't remember this sister's name to save my life, so forgive me as it's been almost 20 years. We started asking her questions. Who she was, how she passed, the pointer started swinging back and forth after that question which really freaked us out. And if she was mad about something. Well it turns out that she was mad that I was there. We asked why she was mad and she spelled out my first name. This really freaked out my girlfriend. We then asked if she wanted me to leave and she replied with yes. My girlfriend hugged me in almost a tearful way and we ended the session. And soon after I left the campus. Now there are various ways one could take essentially being chased out by a ghost from a college dorm. I myself find the best possible solution is to drive back to your hometown, about 45 minutes from me at the time, go to the local ice cream hotspot, Magic Fountain in Elizabeth, and then order and devour a banana split all by yourself. Maybe this story is more about how I got ice cream instead of the Ouija board, but I still won't touch one ever since. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true Ouija board horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, please be sure to submit your experience to swampdweller.net or on reddit at r slash thedarkswamp. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis and I couldn't do this without you guys. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to slap that like button as it helps me out a ton. If you're new to the channel, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications to never miss a new video as I upload them nearly every single day. It truly helps the channel grow and is very much appreciated. If you're listening to this on a podcast platform such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a 5 star rating on those platforms as it helps us grow over there. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to download your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and pretty much anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. Happy holidays everybody, I hope you all are enjoying your festivities with your family, friends, and loved ones. I will continue, as always, to pump out content for you during this time of year, and I really appreciate you spending another year with me here in the swamp.